begin in Romans chapter 4. I just want to start with the, about the last verse. Father, I thank you for today and that we can be together and we can worship in sincerity and truth. We can celebrate who you are. We can honor those who have gone before us. We can honor those who are transitioning. We, in fact, know that the whole body is in transition. This is a major year of transition, but we love you because you never change. And what we are learning to do is move into a fuller view of you and fully yielded acceptance of you and receiving you so that you can fully express yourself to us and in us and through us. So help us today in this glorious truth that we can accept you as the sin bearer and now as the salvation carrier. And we can step into the fullness of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Romans 4, and uh, praise the Lord. I want to read um, verse 21 of, of Abraham, chapter, chapter 421. Abraham is old, he has no power, and his wife has been barren all their, her life. And yet now God says next year comes the son. So he has uh, lots of reasons to not believe, but he chooses the one reason to believe. Verse uh, 21, and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was, he, God, was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him, to Abraham, for righteousness. So when Abraham believed, God said, that's what righteousness is. Everybody, all of creation, all of humanity, all of everything for all time, let, let it be known, faith is righteousness. I will account righteousness to the one who believes me. Now, it was not written for the sake, his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us. Now, we all have promises we're carrying, but we have to begin in this promise. We believe in him, Father, God, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So, believing God raised Jesus from the dead is the is the means to which righteousness is imputed and confessing him as our Lord is the way salvation is given. Romans 10. Who was delivered up, and here's the, here's the sequence, and we're going to talk about this two-pronged two sequence. He was delivered up because of our offenses. When he was on the cross, we were there with him. He was there because of us. He was the spotless bride, the spotless sacrifice without blemish upon the cross becoming the sin offering and he was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification he so identified the son of man with mankind that he said i will be and i am now for mankind the last adam and i will take upon all of the offense and i will therefore carry that and become judged by that by my father, I will be, I will have the full weight of, of what has to be taken care of to deal with sin. And now, when all of that is fully finished, so that all mankind is justified, I can be raised from the dead. Which is why the faith that Jesus, the Son of God, that we all now carry, that faith, is incredible because he believed that God was able to raise him out of the dead. 
he, he did not believe God was going to cause him to miss death. In fact, that was the temptation on the cross. Get off the cross and we'll believe. Or the accusation. You thought you were God, so now God's punishing you. All convoluted. But he always said, I'm the son of man going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be mistreated. I'm going to be abused. I'm going to be killed. And I'm going to raise in the third day. Which is a simple principle of all believers that when you're in a test, call out the end. This, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. He spoke of that over his friend Lazarus. He, he, he had a way, and he always said that. Every time he speaks of his suffering, he speaks of his glorification. So we are going through our stuff, and everyone will go through, because we, we passed into the kingdom through tribulation. I've tried to find a way into the kingdom around tribulation, but it just isn't there. It's not there in the Bible, and I'm sure it's not there in your life. Tribulation simply is pressure, and all of us are, can experience the pressures that come. So he goes on, uh, verse 6, and we're going to then jump, chapter 5, verse 6. For we were still without strength, for which when... For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. Or yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. I'll take your place. Like the tale of two cities. Uh, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So now this relationship we have with God through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So the reconciliation that we brought to back to God was through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled. We may not feel reconciled. We may be still carrying problems and troubles and struggles and emotions, but as far as God is to us through the Son, we are reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. So he died for our sins so that we could be saved by his life, the life that he now lives. So let's, let's, not, let's go to Isaiah 53. And then we'll jump into Hebrews 7 and I think get a good picture. And then I believe the exchange can take place easier. Isaiah 53 is the prophetic uh, call of the suffering that the Lord would walk through on our behalf. And it's not just a, uh, what God had to do to the Son, but what the Son had to accept would be done to him but the fact that he would live totally misunderstood. No one would appreciate what he was doing. No one would. And so he was the most rejected man the earth has ever done. You think Job had it tough. This Jesus grew up rejected. But he was the most loved son the world's ever known. So he was in an oxymoron. He lived in a fellowship of the Father. But, he, but now he was coming for the purpose. He came to the earth to die for our sins, to live, be a, a, to live in perfect obedience and fellowship with the Father and submission to the Word so that he could be a sinless sacrifice because without a sacrifice, nothing else is going to go on. It has to start with the sacrifice.
So can you go back to Isaiah 53, please? So in Isaiah 53, it begins by saying, who, will believe, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Arm of the Lord is always speaking of Jesus, the arm of the right hand of God coming to bring salvation. I was looking for an intercessor. I couldn't find one, so I raised up my own right arm. He shall grow up before him, before Father, as a tender plant. The, 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 the glorious branch is, is, his, is who he is today and how he operates from. But he begins as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So if you were to meet Jesus, you would not be drawn to him by his, by his human charisma, his worldly way. He doesn't carry... He's, he's, in fact, he's despised and rejected by men. So he grew up in that atmosphere. Some of us have had some really hard upbringings or going through a really difficult time. He lived as in being despised and rejected by men. But he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief, yet he carried joy. I, when I learned that the joy of the Lord is my strength, even though I go through sorrow, I chose to attach myself more to the joy of the Lord so I could walk through the sorrow. I didn't try to displace the problem. I just started to say I can overcome the problem with the good that God's providing. So in his fellowship with the Father in obedience, he's, he's walking for us to a destination, which is the cross. A man of sorrows, and he's acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were, our faces from him. Have you ever come into an uncomfortable situation? It's awkward. It's something that's just kind of hurting or repulsive or something you just, it, we all have that tendency kind of like, I just, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I can't see how God's, that's what Job's friends are all. Job's friends are speaking the lie of Satan, which says, if you are in trouble, it's because you've done something wrong. And God is punishing you. And God does not like you and does not love you. And you have no position except to expect that kind of treatment. And that is just not the heart of God. That's a lie from our accuser to get us to not trust and to curse God and die. He, as, and we, he says he was despised. And we, didn't, we did not esteem him. So here's, here's God the Son become son of man growing up says yes to the Father in the Word, by faith, reads who he is in the Bible, begins to submit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, now beginning to walk uh, out this three-and-a-half-year ministry. And nobody, we didn't know that you're doing this all for me. Wow, you're doing this all for me. I can't believe you're doing this all for me. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows or sicknesses and diseases. He bore our griefs and, and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Isn't that funny that some of the things God's doing with the Son, he's keeping secret from the ones he's doing it for? And all we're doing is living in the same mockery. Look, I, I can't believe it. There's no way. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on, upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. So everything is happening to him for us or because of us. And yet we're perceiving it as nothing to do with us 
And it's not because of us, but because of his making himself to be something he wasn't to be. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The word laid on is the word intercession. And intercession in both the Hebrew and the Greek speaks to the fact that it's something's put upon you or it's a chance meeting. It's he is now, God is saying, all of you, all of us, me, every one of us, we've gone our own way. We've done our own thing. We continue to go our own way. We still make our own silly mistakes. But all of that willfulness, which is where sin began, pride of Satan, Lucifer said, I will ascend. I will be like God. I will put my throne up high. I will go to the highest of heights. He said, I will, I will, I will, I will. You know, Frank Sinatra was not the person who said, I did it my way. That was Lucifer who started it. Adam followed Eve with him and all of us since then. I think I want to rather continue in a relationship apart from God because I'm not sure I want to let God have access and trust him in his word and his way. I just want to kind of keep things in my, my, my way. So he puts it all on us. That's what iniquity is. My will, my way, my willfulness. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. I mean, wouldn't you just want to, I don't know, but I'll be honest. I've said this to my kids in times. I've said it to other people. I say, you don't know how much I'm doing for you. You don't even appreciate it. I mean, he he couldn't even say, I'm doing this for you guys. Would you just, come on, give give me a little support here. He didn't open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he opened it on his mouth. Because this was God and him in covenant Submission. He was here for this purpose, and he was to do this, and now he's, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? So he loses all rights. He loses all appeals. He loses all possibilities. He even loses the possibility of even having a child because he dies. He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. So all of our sin, all of our willfulness, all of our missing the mark, just missing the mark, is now being accumulated and placed upon him to take upon for us. And they made his grave with the wicked, all the way to the cross. There you are on your way. But with the rich at his death, because by the time he's dead, the work has been accomplished, and God has witnessed he has been perfect in submission to the sacrifice. There was no, he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. So father says, son, I am now the judge, and you are now the offering, and I am now going to pour my wrath upon you, and I am going to obliterate sin, and that means I'm going to obliterate you. You are the sacrifice for it, and it just I'm pleased to bruise you. I'm going to put you to grief. Why? Because I'm making your soul an offering for sin. It wasn't his spirit. It was his soul. Because the soul of man is what fell in the garden of Eden. Because man was made a living soul. Yes, we have a spirit. 
But it was the soul that said, you know, I think I could do this without God, and I think the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a pretty good idea because then I can have some more access and more information, and I can have more power, and I can be like God, make my own choices. So now Jesus is submitted and said, Father, I make no choice. My will is to do the food of you who sent me. I submit to what you want to do. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Not my will be done, but yours be done. And so this soul is being made an offering for sin. And beloved, I, I wish I could say, since that happened, nobody has, everybody got new souls. But you got new spirits. Your soul's being saved through the journey of faith. And the journey of faith is where I have to continually say, I'm going to accept God what you're saying about your son and receive what you promise you'll do. And I'm going to live by faith. And soul, I love you, but you don't get to lead me. You don't get to rule over me. You don't get to carry your grudges. You don't get to be afraid. If you are afraid, then you're going to have to return back to the one who makes you brave. And it's just a continual surrender to the soul. Lay down our life. That's what we talked about. Abundant life costs me my life. My life is the soul life, the suke. The abundant life is the God life, the eternal life that we are given. But it's an exchanging process. And it's sometimes really convoluted and confusing but he is being made the offering for our sin, his soul. And he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days. So Father says, even from that moment, son, you are, you, you, do, you are where I need you to be. And what I'm going to bring out of you is what I want for everyone. And I see your seed that's about to be a new creation. When he's raised from the dead, he is not a living soul. He's a life-giving spirit. That's why the life that we're saved by is the life that he now was birthed, born into, and that we're being conformed into. So he's going, I, I see your seed. I'll prolong your days. Yeah, you're being cut off from the land of living. Yes, you're not going to go on in this form, but you're going to become in the resurrection the new creation. I'm going to call you forth my son. Yes, you were my only begotten son, but now you're going to be the firstborn of many brethren's son. This is a new relationship. I am birthing, and you will continue to be man, and you will be the son of God, and you will be the man seated at me, and we're doing something. So I see your, I see your seed, I'll prolong your days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in your hands. You, have, you are going to undo everything that was destructive that came in of death, and you're going to make all things perfect and bring them into peace with me and peace in, in, in resubmission to my purposes. It's going to be glorious. He shall see the labor of his soul. Now, this has helped me. I told you that Isaiah 53 is a powerful chapter for all of us because you'll never suffer as Christ suffered, but you will suffer as Christ suffered in some way. You'll have a place where you can't speak up and declare somebody's wrong. You'll have a place where you'll be misunderstood, that you're walking through something that no one else can understand, and you'll have people just, you know, misread the situation. They'll come along like Job's friend and say, that's your fault. The reason you're here is because what you did. We'll walk in the identification with Christ, but we're not doing it for redemption. It's just part, of, part and parcel of following the Lamb. It says... Uh, he will see the labor or travail of his soul. So the soul is not going, oh, Father, just can you anesthetize me, you know, anesthetize me so I can just go through this. He's going, he's not even receiving the sour wine. 
He's feeling it. He's feeling the rejection. He's feeling the, the hate. He's feeling the fear. He's feeling it all. Because he's not a sacrifice if it's not. He became sin. He didn't just kind of show up for sin. He became sin. He, he bore sickness. He bore diseases. He, he, he's in there. And, he's, and so he's, the father says he will see the labor or travail of his soul and be satisfied. See, Adam blew it in the garden. Jesus won it on the cross. He, Adam blew it. He had everything. He's running around naked with his wife. I mean, what more can he ask? And you're the only people there, and you can eat anything you want, and you're waiting God's hope, you know. And he was tempted by the, the devil, but here Jesus is holding his place in agreement with the Father as God is now having to place upon him the sin of man and the judgment upon man and the condemnation upon man and just take it out. By his knowledge, by this experience of what God happened, of my righteous servant, he will justify many for he will bear their iniquities. So this is the bearing of the iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. A better way to phrase that would be, I will divide, I will give him the great portion. He will have the full portion. He will come into an inheritance. And he will divide the spoil of that with the strong. That's why all of us have inheritance in Christ. Because, now here's a, here's a reason, he poured out his soul to death. Beloved, when we lay down our life for others, it's never just. It's never, it's stepping into a place that we're, we're walking out something because God's saying, you're the strong, bear the weakness. You're the one that I love, so that one doesn't know I love them as much as you know I love them, so you quit demanding to be loved and go love them. It's just this pouring out unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And he made intercession for the transgressors. So here we are, intercession one. And he dies. Raised from the dead. Ascended after 40 days. Seated at the right hand of majesty. Called as the high priest, Melchizedek, my king of righteousness. The branch is the, is the prophetic picture of the glorified son of man now being priest and king and sitting on the throne. So if, we, if you could let me, go, let's go to Hebrews chapter 7. Just, I, it, it's, they're, they're different. That's happened. It's over. It was complete. Mission accomplished. Sin has been annulled. There is the, the, this has been accepted. The Supreme Court of the universe, God the Father, has said this is sufficient. Man rebelled. Now man submitted. Man said, I want to be my, do my own thing. Now man said, I want to you to do your own thing to me. Man uh, was innocent and went into sin. Now man was pure and submitted to me and became sin. And so this is, this is really important to God because he, is the, he made Jesus our propitiation and he is just because he passed over sins before, but he knew that when it came to the day, he would one day deal with all sin, past, present, and future. 
so he could become just and the justifier of those who have faith in him. So our believing this act dealt with every sin, every, every evil thing accomplished on this earth done to man, all between one another and to each other and God to us. When we believe that, then God says, all right, we're, you have accepted my testimony of my son. You have my, his life. You have resurrection. So now Jesus is in heaven, and he has his blood, and he cleanses the, the tabernacle, the, the true tabernacle, the one Moses saw a picture of that he built a pattern from, and he makes us have access into the Holy of Holies in him, through him. He's over us. And Hebrews 7 tells us this little story, uh, if I can find it quickly. So I should just add the verse for you, and then you would be able to pop it up quickly. But Hebrews 7, verse 11. Now this is a big thought, but if you will accept it, it would be like me reading to you your last, the last will and testament. This is your, the trust is now being read to you. You're the beneficiary. But, it, but, it, but there's an understanding of what is transacted. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, which was just a symbol of what was coming, a, a shadow, under the people received the law, which was another thing that was a means to try to build relationship, but it would never bring perfection. Uh, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek? Melchizedek is just a... Trans, uh, a word that never was translated, but it, it just was taken into the, our language as from the original Hebrew, which would be Melchi, which is my king of righteousness. So, and not be called according to the order of Aaron. For if the priesthood changed, of necessity there also is a change of the law. So now we're talking why there's a new covenant. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar for it's evident that our Lord arose from Judah of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. So we're establishing that this resurrected glorified Jesus has been given a priesthood that now transcends and overrides the, the first priesthood so that the relationship that God could have with his his people is inside this priesthood. And it, yet it's far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshly commandment. God told Moses how to choose Aaron, how to dress Aaron, what Aaron was to do, when he was to do it, how to offer these offerings, how to accept these, how to do the atonement, how to go in once a year. But that's, that was fleshly. But according to the power of an endless life, this Jesus has an, an indestructible life. He was a man who could die, but he's now a man who cannot die. That's why when resurrection happens, we will go from corruption to incorruption, mortality to immortality. We are on our way to become carry, participants of this indestructible life. But he is our priest, for he testifies, you are a priest forever. So God is now establishing a relationship for all eternity with humanity in the born-again position we hold, but in 
through the salvation that's given to us in the life of Christ. So you're a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. From one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment. That means the law could make no righteous, made us all, 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 all caught under our sin because of its weakness and unprofitabilities, not because we could not become righteous from within. The tree of knowledge of good and evil still does not work. If you tell me what to do, I can promise you one thing. I'll do it. It won't work. God does not allow me to save me. There is no, I'm not a, I, I, I need grace. I need to be saved. I need to receive what Jesus received. So the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope. So we, so this, this transaction that took place on the cross and God accomplished in the sacrifice of his son. Now his son has been raised and he's brought into the coronation where we get the day of Pentecost, where he's now called uh, made Savior, made Lord, uh, made the anointed one. He's just officiated. And he is, because he's stepped into this priesthood, seated at the right, it's a better hope, and we draw near to God. So when I pray, I always see Jesus in this place that he holds. I don't try to, you know, figure out all, all, I mean, if I want to know how does a glorified Christ look like, I I can go to Revelation chapter 1 and get a really good picture. If I want a little more expansion, I can go back and go to Ezekiel chapter 1 and see the Son of Man above the glory. Uh, But but it's it's positioned not so much just trying to imagine, because he says, inasmuch as he was made, not made a priest without an oath, as they become priests without an oath. So you just kind of was a succession of priests coming along. But God made an oath. An oath is a really big deal. He doesn't make a lot of oaths. The first oath he made was to Noah. It's a one-sided promise that he swears to himself seven times. I will do this and I will never not. And this is now my self-committal to you. And this is what this oath was. He made an oath to Abraham. He said, out of your seed, I'm going to raise up my seed, and he's going to possess the gate of the enemies, which was Christ. He made an oath to David. He said, out of your seed, out of your natural seed, I'm going to bring my seed to sit on the throne. And now he says to Jesus, I'm making an oath to you. I call you forth my righteous king. You are now my royal priest. I call you my righteous king call you my righteous king. You are now my royal priest for the sake of all of your brethren. All of your brethren. The Lord has sworn he will not relent. You're my priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So then verse 22, what does that do for us? Well, verse 22, please. It, so much more Jesus now has become the guarantee of the better covenant. The covenant the covenant isn't made between me and God. I have no covenant except the one that I believe God made with Jesus. The covenant God made with Jesus, I'm in. <laughs> and frankly, that's a really good deal. Because I'd lose my salvation, but I can't lose his salvation. For Jesus became the surety of a better covenant. There are many priests. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by uh, death for continuing but he, now here's this, because he continues forever. 2,000 years since his resurrection, 
He's continuing today. Has an unchangeable priesthood. Busy, effectively doing something. Therefore, he is also able. And I really want to challenge us to step into this moment because there's more to say, but this is the moment we, I wanted us to get to. There's so much more of the salvation that he is now living, having received, having been called for, saved, healed, delivered, that we can participate in. But we can't, we can't produce it, but we can receive it. And the way we receive it is this little path. He's able to save to the uttermost those who are come to God through him. Father, I'm coming. I know I look like Jesus, but it's, you know, I'm coming through Jesus. He's, but everything Jesus you've done is mine, and everything you've said about him, I believe and receive. And whenever he, I stand in your presence, you see Jesus. And whenever you see Jesus, you see me. So I'm just loving this and thanking God for this because this glorified, resurrected state, because of the sacrifice, I'm now accessing in Jesus. And now you're not bearing my sin anymore. That's been dealt with. What are you bearing? My salvation. You're carrying my salvation. He's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. In the earth, he submitted to the Father in total obedience as a soul, a son, as a man. I will do not my will. It's my food to do the will of you. It's written in a book. I behold, I delight to do your will. It's all about yielding, 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 yielding. It's still yielding because Father said, sit at my side until I make your enemies your footstool. But it's yielding, yielding, yielding. Now he says, because you've come forth and you're in this new posture, in this place, this life, you're the first man born again. You're the first man healed in the new covenant. You're the first man delivered. You're the first resurrected. He's first in everything. Jesus is not second in anything. First, 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 foremost. Now, I want you to help everyone come into the fullness of who you are. That's your job, son. You're their priest. You're their priest. You're the means for which they can come boldly through your body, by your blood, and you're over them when they come. I'll always watch you. They'll be accepted because of you. They'll be able to access me because of you. And all that I've given and all that has been accomplished in you is now in them. And for such a high priest was fitting. And fitting is a word that means we need someone so towering over everything. Who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. He does not need daily to offer the uh, as the other high priest offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's, but he did it once for all when he offered up himself. So here's, here's, the, pos- here's the appropriation. I, I fellowship with God in the truth of the sacrifice in his son. And then I fellowship with God in the resurrection of his son in his glorified state. And in the fellowshipping with God in this position, because this is how I come to God through him now, I, I acknowledge I do not have the ability to possess this. I cannot heal myself. I cannot save myself. 
I cannot deliver myself. I don't try to pray to feel better by making myself feel better by praying. I pray to the one who can make me feel better. I pray to the one who can cause hope to break open and joy. And so I accept that all, all answered prayer is in the Son, communicated by the Holy Spirit into my current moment. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings salvation and all of the benefits of Jesus. Jesus said, everything the Father has is mine. Everything. And so he, the Holy Spirit, will announce to you all that is mine. So I, I'm learning that this whole life I'm living now is, is not, it's, it's not a Christian culture. It's not, a, it's not Christian traditions. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not trying to be a better kind of people. It's not a superior religion. As a religion, it's just, it's, you know, it can be argued by, there are great Christians and there's great Muslims. There's great Jews. There's great ag 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 agnostics. In all categories of humanity, there are people that do better and there are people that do worse. But this Jesus, he's not there to make a religion. He's to bring a people into union. He is made and in the union for us to be conformed into his likeness. So I'm going through stuff and you're going through stuff. And for years I tried to change the stuff. I thought that's what God was here for. Fix my stuff. Deal with my stuff. Until finally he made it clear that he didn't want to deal with my stuff. He wanted to deal with me. And then he made it clear that I couldn't, I could enjoy him before my stuff got fixed. So then I started, because I know the choice, but to say, well, I want to be with you in spite of my stuff. So I'm going to fellowship with you. And then I began to behold everything in the Bible he's promised is true. And he's able to perform whatever he said. And we will be saved to the uttermost. That means all salvation is our destiny. All salvation is our inheritance in the Son. All of the portion of grace that falls to us is going to be fulfilled in us. So then my discovery is I go to pray to agree with God. I go to pray to submit to the testimony he has for his Son. I go to discover who this glorified Son is in function. I want to hear his voice. He speaks to me in regard to who he is and what he now carries. And that intercession is an intersection. He steps into the day I'm in and says, Steve, you're thinking wrong. And I, go, I don't say, God, I want you to think like I think so that I can feel better after you commiserate with me. He says, you don't want me to agree with your misery. I want you to agree with my resurrection. You see, the intercession, it's probably a bigger job today is to accept the righteousness of God, to accept the salvation of God, to accept the healing of God, to accept the deliverance of God in the Son. That may be harder than to accept that all sin, all disease, all misery was placed on the Son and no longer has authority anywhere outside of what God's allowing its function or man's messing up and going in crazy directions. But it's not, has no bearing. There's no more 
There, it's, it's like we're in a whole other universe, but we're still on the planet. We're in a whole other government. So we talk about the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God isn't, it's, it's this realm. It's this place that's setting our mind on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And we are, our life, we're dead, but we're, our life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ appears, we'll appear with him. It's a whole training. Who am I? I'm in, who I am in Christ. Who is he? He's resurrected. He's glorified. He's victorious. He's triumphant. He is, he is, he is uh, fullness of life, an endless life, a powerful life. And in his life, I'm saved. In his death, I'm reconciled. See, I'm reconciled, but that doesn't get, the, 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 the resurrection life is in his life which means I'm learning who this glorified son is. This, I, and it's, it's, again, because my soul is the issue. My spirit has been born again. My body is going to get redeemed. But my soul is the one that's under the training program of submission to Father. Do you accept my testimony of my son? Do you accept what I said about you? who he is? Do you, do you follow him and what he's telling you to do as a spirit leading you? You're just learning. Okay, okay, okay. My soul's going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got conditions. I've got concerns. I've got ideas. God says, okay, you're little. You're young. I'll, I'll try to meet those. After a while, he says, stop. Steve, just keep going. What are you carrying today that you'd like to hand over to Jesus? Whatever is tormenting us, every tormental thought, fear, worry, condemnation, guilt, shame, Anger, hostility, unforgiveness, everything that plagues man. You can hand it to Jesus today because he already took it. Everything that's conflicting with our emotions, tormenting our mind, telling us, oh, you've got no hope. We can release it because we have a better hope. And he is the one. We let go of what we don't want to keep and receive what we cannot obtain. We let go of what we don't want to try to manage over to the next season. Just let it go. Just walk away. Lord, it's yours. I'm not going to resolve it. I can't fix it. Don't know what to do. Could have a thousand years to try to fix it. Won't fix. I'm just walking, and I'm going to let it go. Now I'm walking into life. I want life. I want joy. I want peace. I want to feel healthy. I want you to help prosper me in the life I'm in, no matter what path that you carry me. And I want to follow you. I want to enjoy you. I want to raise my hands with, 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 with abandonment. There's no limitation. You could be 90 years old, and you could change the world. You have no, there's no limitation. The limitation is when man, as a believer in Christ, tries to do Christ as a man, forcing something to change on the outside. But the world has not yet seen the Abrahams that step up and go, you know, hmm. I'm dead, Sarah's dead, everything's dead, but God isn't. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Oh, in my mind, it's worrying over my business, and I'm going down. I'm losing everything. I spend my nights waking up too early thinking about what am I going to do. But Christ is alive, prosperous, victorious, and triumphant. What if I exchange my worry for worship? 
What if I turn away my anxiety that I'm mulling over? What do I do? And I just start to say, Lord, you've done it all, and it's going to be done in a perfect way, and it's going to be worked out completely, and salvation's coming in every area. And so that's not an ethereal statement. I say, come into my business and do that. Come into my family and be that. Come into my church and be that. Come into my country and be that. Come into my neighbor. I receive the resurrected, glorified Christ walking through my neighborhood, healing. Go into my body. Touch my cells. Touch my organs. Touch my marrow. Heal. Wholeness. I fellowship with the healed, glorified son. I fellowship with the liberated, sound mind, courageous son. I receive. Let's do it. Please stand for me, with me, please. It is, it's, it just takes, it takes time to shift and recognize that your salvation is closer than it was when we first believed, and it's now inside of us, working its way outside. It's in heaven, but being communicated by the Spirit into us and on the earth. It's, it's, it's glorious. It's hilarious. It's filled with joy, filled with hope. So the first thing is, give the Lord what you don't want to carry home. Debt, fear, anxiety, angst. Just give it to him. But it's yours anyway. You bore it, it's yours. Oh, wow, I'm feeling a release going on in the spirit. I think you're believing that. Let it go. Just release it. What do I do tomorrow? Just, I don't know. God knows. Ah, we release it. We release it. We release it. Only you could carry all the complexities of life. And you only you could have resolution for all of them in the peace you brought to us. So we're reconciled when we do that. It's all back to Jesus, all back to God. It's all back on him. He bore it, he carried it, he paid for it. Now, receive life. What do you need? What do you need? Do you need money? Well, ask him for prosperity. Do you need, and, and whenever you ask God for something, know that you may not know what you need, but he knows what you need. So the first thing he always gives is the Holy Spirit. And you start going, oh, I, I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to come alive. Hope, that's a big thing. Joy, peace, sense of purpose, love, healing in the body. Where is your body work not working? Just acknowledge. Come on into that organ. Come into that portion of my body. Come and dwell with the resurrection life by the Holy Spirit. Come, I receive you. I receive you. My mind. I receive a sound mind. I receive a sound mind. I receive a sound mind. And I don't know what a sound mind looks like, but you do. Oh, you see, you're receiving. Empty out the bad and let the good come in. Empty out the death and let the life come in. Go ahead. I lift I name Christ Jesus. I lift I name, oh my King. I lift high your name, Christ Jesus. In your name is everything I need. On, I lift high your name, Christ Jesus. I lift high your name, 
relationship with you where sin has been remitted sickness has been healed where Satan has been destroyed and death no longer holds sway over our future instead we are now inside one who is accepted who is redeemed who's reconciled who's resurrected who's bounding in life toward us and we are abounding in his life in us we want fruit to bear, but we can't produce fruit. Only you can. But we receive. We receive. It's all faith is, is just receiving. Just acknowledging, I accept it, whatever. I can't do it, but you can do what you said. I accept it. I accept it. Right now, there's about, I don't know, it's going to say five, maybe there's more, of people that are hearing God say some outrageous outcomes to you that's hope and it's almost like I couldn't I should I should I really allow that to come and become my new thought and God's saying absolutely absolutely I've got a I've got an out I've got an outcome for everyone that you can't even imagine so yeah Lord let it be let it be let it be so Lord I bless our food thank you for this family lunch together. Thank you for our family online. Thank you for what we're going to go forward in this season. And Lord, thank you that we can trust you inexplicitly, completely, in any and every situation we face. In Jesus' name, amen.